Welcome to The Hort Report, a podcast by the GIE Media Horticulture Group. I'm Chris Manning. In this episode, we're talking to RISE Vice President of Public Affairs Karen Reardon about a Montgomery County, Maryland court decision striking down a local ban on lawn and garden pesticide use on private property. Karen, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you, Chris. First question for you, can you just give the listeners an idea of what this case was, some of the details on the case, if they weren't reading about it in the news or just finding out about it for the first time? Sure. Uh, The county uh, in Maryland, Montgomery County, passed a law in October of 2016 that prohibited, would have prohibited pesticide use on lawns and landscapes on private property. Part of that ban also did include a prohibition on pesticide use in green spaces on county property as well. Uh, But yesterday's court decision and our legal challenge dealt only with the private property provisions of the law. Um, I'll say, too, we had a really active coalition of green industry professionals, including those in Hort and Landscape and Lawn Care, working on this uh, since 2014. So we've been challenging the legality of this law and its passage for some time. So yesterday's uh, court decision was uh, uh, really something that we were excited to hear and learn about and and to go forward, letting professionals have the tools they need. Specifically, why was this ban something Rise wanted to fight in court and has been and decided to fight over a period of of years, really? Well, from from the start. as the county council in Montgomery County contemplated a prohibition on pesticide use on private property, uh, you know, we continued to ask the questions why. There were no environmental issues. There were no public health issues. Products were being used safely and appropriately in the county. And there was, there was nothing driving this uh, except a sentiment uh, that the products should not be available for consumers or professionals. So certainly that gets our attention, uh, given the state of Maryland's very strong pesticide regulatory program uh, under their delegated authority from U.S. EPA and, of course, U.S. EPA's regulation of the regulation of the product. So there, there's a lot underpinning pesticide use both in this county and in Maryland and throughout the country, and we feel like we've got to go stand up for ourselves and for professionals and consumers who use the products uh, when assertions are made that are not true about how they're regulated and 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 what's happening out there uh, with respect to how they're being used. Rise's press release mentioned that in addition to the local private citizens that were affected, local businesses were affected as well. So what type of businesses were affected and, and what kind of hampering did this ban put on those businesses? So the ban for private property use of pesticides on lawns and landscapes would have gone into effect in, on January 1st, 2018. How, how that would have had an impact on green industry professionals uh, would have prohibited any kind of pesticide use, with very rare exceptions, uh, in and around lawns and in certain aspects of landscapes. So we did not have clear definitions of a lawn. We did not have clear definitions of what a tree or an ornamental plant would be uh, covered under the law. So it would have prohibited pesticide use for preventing uh, plant diseases, 
uh, pest pressures and other things in those green spaces on private property. Um, so that it would have really, I think, emptied the toolbox for both pr- the professional and the consumer in the county. To your knowledge, would this have affected growers that are maybe growing in a controlled environment of some kind as well, say a greenhouse? Would this have affected them in some way? Uh, it, that, that would depend. Now, within this law, uh, agricultural production and activity was exempted. So... Uh, as a uh, most greenhouse activity in the county would have been exempted uh, because it would be considered part of agriculture. Uh, however, less formalized growing operations potentially could have been impacted. Um, you know, sod farms were exempt being under agriculture. Uh, but again, the law was written in a way that did not give a lot of clarity to certain use patterns. Looking at this issue broadly, are bans like this common nationally? Is this something you guys encounter a lot when you are advocating for you know for use of pesticides in different communities? We we do see um, some prohibitions on county and city and town property. We we work on those issues a lot, uh, and certainly a, a local jurisdiction or a county can do what it likes on its own property. It doesn't have to pass laws to change its land management practices. However, we, we very rarely see uh, these expansive prohibitions on use on private property. So Montgomery County, part of the, if you will, appeal of, of this for, the, for uh, the county council was that this, would have, this became the largest jurisdiction to pass private property restrictions on lawn and garden pesticide use. In the country, I think probably there are only just, you can count on one hand, there may be five other uh, towns and cities that have similar types of prohibitions on private property use that affects residents and then the professionals that might serve them. Now, in Montgomery County, is this issue done? You mentioned an appeal, so is that something that is still to be resolved? And do you guys have an idea of how long, if, if there is an appeal, how long that process could take? Well, good question. So today, I cannot say what the county is going to do. So we did uh, prevail on all counts uh, in our case. Uh, so it is the county's option to appeal. They have 30 days from yesterday's decision to file their notice of appeal, if that is their choice. Um, so then we, I could not say probably then we, this could stretch on for another year or so. It would just depend on the scheduling within the courts if that's the way things are going to go. You, you look at a band like this, how low in a, in a local community, how can that affect consumer perception of pesticides and what the, these businesses are using the pesticides for? Is there is there an issue there as well, though, that it can just hurt these businesses, not just in what they're allowed to do, but in terms of the optics of what they are, are actually doing in, in a community? Absolutely. So these pesticides are stringently regulated products at the federal and the state level. And that pesticide label, whether you're looking at a professional use product or a consumer product, that, those are the facts. That's how you use the product, where you can use the product, under what conditions and circumstances. That label is the all-important compact that we have with that consumer or professional customer. For a county to come in 
and make assertions that those processes, those regulations up the chain are insufficient or lack scientific backing, one, that's just patently false, but two, it's very important that the consumers or the professionals' confidence in that label is not undermined. That label is the law. That product must be used in accordance with that label. There's no discretion or flexibility in that once EPA and the state approves that label. So there is that aspect, being able to trust the products no matter whom the end user is. But two, yes, from a reputation standpoint, uh, this law had many, many exemptions and holes in it. So why just focus on what would be happening in the lawn and landscape when other uses and places were exempted, golf courses were exempted, sports fields were exempted, uh, other kinds of locations were exempted. So no consistency in this assertion of providing a third layer of safety. So we have to be very, very careful. Um, professionals, especially uh, you know, your, your readers and those who are engaged with you, are licensed and trained and have to go through rigorous recertification They know they must follow the label because they'll be breaking the law if they're not. You know, to have uh, assertions at this third level of government that all of that is insufficiently protective, um, just in this context of the lawn and landscape, it is very harmful. It's very harmful to the public trust. And really, we do, we operate in the public trust because of the nature of the products. Yeah, and I think the the ag exemption too. It's a very interesting layer to that that they were sort of exempt, but something else that maybe is is more cosmetic than producing food or producing some ornamental flowers in a controlled environment. That's a very interesting um, distinction, Karen. Thank you so much for your time today and for coming on to the Hot Report podcast. Thanks very much. I've enjoyed my time with you. Uh, To hear more of the Hort Report, you can search it on iTunes and check out all past episodes on greenhousemanagement.com and various GAE Media Horticulture websites. Thank you for listening.